Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can find a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. That's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of Veterans Path, increase attendance at our retreats so we're able to help more veterans, and finally, to reduce the stigma around mindfulness, meditation, and seeking mental health support. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and share the show with anyone and everyone you think could benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. All right, today my guest is John Krotek. John is an entrepreneur, speaker, writer, and Army veteran. After college, he went to work in corporate America and realized that despite doing well in the job, he wanted something more. He joined the Army later in life with the purpose of serving his country. The Army taught him discipline and how to value himself. After three years of active duty, he left the Army and returned to civilian life. It was then that he got reacquainted with his future wife, helping her to raise a family. Together, they also successfully ran a business for over two decades, selling travel gear and clothing. In 2012, John hit rock bottom and survived a traumatic brain injury caused by an alcohol-fueled traffic accident. This unleashed demons and forced him to finally cope with the trauma he experienced at a young age. Over this time, he almost lost his marriage and family. With months of cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy, CBT, and hemp-based pharmaceutical, CBD, treatment, he developed his own healing system by using creative pursuits for coping with trauma and saving his marriage in the process. John is currently involved with several creative business and holistic healing pursuits, which include Green Zone Hero, Straight Out of Combat Radio, Task Force Zen Journeys, What's Your Apocalypse, and his new series of poetry books titled Fractals. Stay tuned as we're going to learn a lot more about John here on today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. All right, welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, Today, my guest is Army veteran, high-altitude climber, which was not in the intro, I don't believe, businessman and entrepreneur, John Krotek. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, John. I'm super stoked to be here and humbled and uh, to be on your show. You know, you're doing an awesome job. And to be, you know, another person being interviewed by you with all the great people that you've interviewed just puts me in, puts me in a good place. And um, thank you. 
Well, yeah, thank you, man. I, I appreciated coming on your show a few months back and really enjoyed the conversation from that end of the microphone. Hopefully uh, I can do the same uh, service that you did uh, me from, from this end. So yeah, man, uh, definitely want to get into a lot that I covered there in the intro, but kind of just a, a quick introduction question that I kind of start all the shows off with is you know, kind of what, what defines John Crotech, kind of what brought you to where you are today uh, in, in a brief couple of sentences, and then we'll get a little bit deeper on all that. I'd have to say, John, it's a great question, by the way. Uh, faith. You know, I have faith in something bigger than myself. And, you know, no matter, you know, you read my story there and it's like, holy cow, who is that guy? <laughs> um, but I, I had great support network around me. Anytime I always, you know, hit the bottom, there was always a mentor nearby to pick me up. So I know it's a long answer to a short question, but my faith, you know, there's yeah. something out there bigger than John. There you go. Yeah. So in the, in the intro, I talked about your kind of starting into the business world and then that not really, uh, that wasn't really what it is you wanted to do. Um, what was it that helped you to notice that your, uh, life in the business world was not exactly what it wanted, what you wanted it to be? Another great question. You know, you know, we, we tend to lose our intuition. You know, we tune out to our intuition at times and sometimes, you know, it's called the gut feeling and, you know, just being in that corporate business world just was uncomfortable to me. You know, I felt like I was in a mold that wasn't necessarily who I was, you know, and being in the military made me later on made me realize that it's okay to be who you are and you can be who you are and be part of an organization that has one mission. But I would just have to say that if you can tap into your intuition, no matter where you're at, you know, you know it, you know, if you feel right. I just was not living a lifestyle at that time uh, conducive to, to, you know, fully uh, bringing all my strengths to the, to the top. If that makes any sense, I'm not sure. Totally. Yeah. I just, um, you know, staying out late and drinking and doing all kinds of crazy stuff was just not me. And then getting up and doing it again, you know, it just wasn't happening. So I, I had to do something different. And, you know, at 26 years old, I joined the army. Um, that was uh, quite an eye awakening experience. And uh, <laughs> it uh, made me realize that, um, that I can be everything I want to be. And of course that's the commercial, but it's like that you're Navy SEAL and you get it. Um, it just, it, 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 it percolates all the good things that you have. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and talking quickly about, about being in the army and in the SEAL teams myself. Uh, I can't help but notice the the SEAL trident behind you there. Oh, did I lose you? No, no, you didn't. I, you okay. got me. Uh, no, that um, that's a fundraiser that we did for uh, Brian Bill, who was on Extortion 17. Yeah. Uh, his father used to live right here in Sarasota, Scott Bill, and they had the Brian Bill Foundation. And a couple years back, uh, Green Zone Hero was involved in a fundraiser for his son. Uh, that organization helps Navy SEALs and other people, other operators to uh, to work themselves out of their own funk. And so that was a gift they gave to me in remembrance of, of Brian Bill, but also to remember that, uh, you know, a nation's lost hero. You know, yeah. it's here with me in my office and uh, my heart bleeds for all those families. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a, a tragic 
loss there. Uh, one of, of a couple, unfortunately, that Naval Special Warfare has had similar. That was definitely uh, one that we'll never forget. And those men that we lost in that, um, that operation, um, never forget the, the SEALs, the, the air crew, uh, I mean, everybody that was involved, incredible, incredible loss there. Talking about the, the foundation, how it helps people to get out of the funk. Uh, I talked about a, a funk that you were in and, and you talked about the army kind of helping you to get out of funk, but then you got out of the army and, and then you ended up having uh, what seems to be a, a fairly eye-opening event with a, a car accident or vehicle accident of some sort. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I can share that, John, no problem. You know, I uh, went about my business, you know, was reacquainted with a woman that I had met when I was in college and uh, came back to her 10 years later after being corporate manager and in the service. And uh, we hit it off. She had two small young boys and uh, I loved her and we got married. And so we opened a small business and for 23 years, we did real well. You know, I led guided expeditions to the to the, Andy, the Andes for I don't know, 10 or 12 years. And we just went about our business, but there was something underlying my psyche that I had not come to grips with. And there would be times in my life when I would uh, act out, you know, drinking or overspending. And, you know, I, I didn't really have it together as well as I, as I thought I did. And when my wife was out of vacation, was out of town on holiday, uh, I went out with my friends, shot some pool, and on the way home was involved in a DUI accident where I received a nice head bump and uh, they, it, it unleashed the demons of a childhood assault that I had never dealt with uh, between the third and fourth grade when I had been basically raped on an overnight sleepover. And uh, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. And, you know, all through high school and all through college and through most of my adult life, I was this very confident, guy that could accomplish everything but on the inside I was a wounded third grader right and you know the childhood assault um, it takes your soul away and you become you live two different worlds and, and what happened to me with the head bump with a brain injury front lobe and on the back lobe uh, it, I had no control over my emotional state and so I was literally off the graph Mm -hmm. uh, angry, mean, I mean, the, the day after the accident and friends were starting to leave me, um, it wasn't John, it was yeah. this, be this beast. And I, um, I alienated all my friends. I started to alienate my wife. I was not physically dangerous, but verbally and emotionally, I was just an, a real, you know, a-hole. Yeah. And, and, you know, it led to the sale of my business, very successful business, by the way, which crushed my, my spirit. It was where I got a lot of my identity from. And then sure. A year and a half after that, we were embroiled in the middle of a divorce and I'll share very briefly. I know we got a lot to talk about, but long story short, in the middle of that divorce, my wife's mother fell and in, in 91 years old, she broke her shoulder and broke her hip. So my wife had to go to Virginia where she grew up uh, to take care of her mom. And so I'm sitting alone in the house for like two months going, holy cow, what am I doing? Where are you doing this? This I'm in Florida. In Florida, okay. Yeah, she's in Virginia. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the heck am I doing? Yeah. I don't, it was very lonely being without your family during the holidays. So I hopped in my pickup and drove all the way to Virginia. It's a 14 hour trip. I spent the night 
at a hotel outside from where our home is. And on Christmas morning, 2015, I knock on the door thinking that all is going to be forgiven. Oh this, yeah. This, this valiant warrior shows up on Christmas day and wrong. Yeah. She basically, you know, she invited me in, spent a couple minutes, but basically told me it was over. Uh, you need to kind of figure out what you're going to do. And I don't have time for that right now. So I got back in my pickup. Drove, yeah. Drove back to Holiday Inn in Jacksonville. I got literally no sleep that night. And uh, the next morning, we talk about funk. I was in the funk, John. I was feeling real hinky, like I didn't want to be here. It was kind of like, you know, well, you know what? You know, I'm 56 years old. She can have it all. Yeah. And, and I'm on the interstate driving south on I-75, and I made that call. I made the call to this hotline, crisis suicide hotline. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm not really feeling good. I'm feeling like I don't want to be here. They literally talked me off the ledge. Nice. And got me into um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, and then they had prescribed for me Prozac. Prozac very quickly put me into a deeper funk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I went cold turkey on that. But I, I started to do the hard work that it takes for recovery and healing. And they said, you have to let your wife go. We can't save your marriage, but we can save you. And so, John, I got to doing the homework of, of healing a, a broken soul. And uh, three weeks into it, my therapist is like looking at me kind of funny, smiling. And she's like, I like what I'm hearing. And I'm going why are you smiling like that? She says, because you're doing the homework. And I just want your listeners to know who may be out there in that funk and have made that call or working through their own issues. Just do the work. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. I always say it doesn't get any better. It just uh, gets different. And the difference is the coping skills that you acquire to be able to handle emotional stress like that. Um, and it doesn't have to be sexual assault. It could be financial ruin. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be disfigurement from combat or an automobile accident. It could be bullying surfacing yeah. at a time in your life. And so, you know, a buddy of mine in, in mountaineering told me once, you know, mountaineering is whoever suffers the best. Well, you know, that's true because you can't breathe. It's tough. Your nose is bleeding and you haven't eaten in weeks, but you just do it. It's because whoever suffers the best and life is like that. You're going to have suffering. We cannot escape it, but just deal with it in a different way. Um, and that takes skill sets. And a lot of times we don't have them, you know, right. with what y'all are doing with veterans path and transcendental higher consciousness thought and those kinds of things, which I used to poo poo. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't anymore. You know, it's like, no, there, there, there is something there. And when you start using the gray matter in a constructive way and not self-destructive on yourself or others, you can move, you know, Nirvana doesn't last forever. It's, it's a point in time that we come to, and then it could be something much different an hour later. Right. What I've learned is those skills, John, is just to realize that everything is temporary. I can only deal with the moment right now. And what probably saved me was the fact that I had been doing yoga for months, actually a few years before the accident, but I've always worked out with weights. I always train hard for my mountain climbing trips. Right. Having just that discipline alone, I think helped me 
on that healing trajectory. So I know that's a lot. Um, I'm waiting for the next question, but now you're good. You so know, yeah, you talk about doing the work. What what did the work actually consist of? I mean, you said some CBT. Um, and first, what did the work consist of? And second, like who was it that you were working with? Was was that the VA or who, no, who no, was no? That? It was private. Private. I had insurance, private. you know, and it was private. It was a copay and all that, and it was basically a. They had recommended it to me on the uh, the suicide hotline and probably, and we'll talk a little bit about the rest of it, but probably the biggest thing was, you know, the insomnia when you're going through emotional stress, you know, sure. waking up at all hours of the night, not sleeping. And so you become sleep deprived. And this might sound goofy, man, but I did it. She said, I want you to do me a favor, John. When you get up in one of your moments of, insomnia and high anxiety i want you to flick on the light in your bathroom walk in there look at the mirror that person standing there and tell that person how much you love them and i'm like yeah really? okay. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna seriously but i can see how powerful that would be at the same uh, time yeah she's like i want you to look at that person so i gotta tell you john i felt kind of weird about it Sure. Went home that night. Of course, I'm up at 2.30 in the morning and I, I get up. My wife is still in Virginia and I look around to see if anybody's even watching. me. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the weird, anxiety that you by, have. I'm all by myself, right? And yeah. I look at the guy and I go, I love you, man. I look around and let me tell you something. I only did it like once or twice the first night, the first week. Then the next week I'm going, I love you, bro. I got you, man. I really freaking love you. It went more and more and stronger and stronger as the time went on. And by the end of the first month, I thought I was just a crackerjack. This guy, I mean, I love you, man. And you start because I never told myself before. I never yeah. felt loved. And when those things happen to you in, in life, that love, you know, we talk, it's okay to love somebody. It's okay for men to tell somebody in themselves that, that we love ourselves because men, we have to drag knuckles, man. We have to right. live by this, this code. You're not any less of a man. If you have love in your heart, as a matter of fact, you're even a better man. If you can express it and talk about leadership, can you imagine being a compassionate leader? Holy cow. What's that? Right. Yeah, so right. <laughs> that started to happen. And then we had written exercises where we, talked about emotion sets and, and, you know, what do you do when this happens? And we started looking at alternative methodologies to handle stress. And, and then when I started to do the CBDs, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm not one to really use drugs. I didn't really know what they were. And I got to tell you, I had been this flake, this, this flagrant idiot and this guy just hardcore angry at the world because what had happened to me as a child. And I went in, I found a doctor, one of like 10 that could prescribe these prescription grade CBDs, which is cannabidiol found in the hemp plant. You know, it was created by the universe. You know, it's not made in a, in a, in a factory somewhere. Right. And I went in, they were doing these uh, experimental drug tests on people that had had trauma, head trauma. And so they, it was a stab and it was different types of different degrees of, of, uh, strength so I rubbed it on the back of my neck and the ganglia nerve for the first one it burned a little bit and within five minutes John and I kid you not man 
I felt like the old John before the accident. Really? I literally felt calm. I felt relaxed. And it helped. And so I, I was on that treatment, I think, eight months, you know, doing different uh, strengths and, and it was experimental. But I got to tell you, it helped my brain waves to balance themselves. You know, why does the human body have these receptors for cannabidiol? I mean, the Israelis were able to figure out you have this whole system in your body that for these receptors to be able to receive this molecule that's in the, in the cannabis plant, hmm. it worked. It saved my life. You know, cannabidiols and CBT and this extreme support network, people out there that really want to help you. And of yeah. course, my own strength to want the desire to really want to get better. Uh, it was the best, uh, it was the perfect storm. Um, and I just turned around a rough time in my life to something better. And, and so in November of that year, 2016, almost a year, I'm by myself here in my home and I get this card from my wife the week before Thanksgiving. So, so the Thanksgiving that you had driven up to Virginia was 2015. Is that yes. right? So almost a year later, you had started divorce proceedings, but you hadn't gone through everything. We hadn't gone through. She okay. was busy with her mom. And so I get this oh, card. That's right. I get this card and, and she, it says, got it in a drawer around here. It, she, it says, Dear John. And it was not the kind of Dear John letter that guys get when they're being deployed. Yeah, yeah. Dear John, I, I want you to know that I called my attorney this morning and I've called off our divorce. I want to spend the rest of my life with you because wow. I have seen a change in you. You're a great person. Love Tommy. And I'm like, damn it, John. Now I'm going to tear up over here. I fell to my knees, man. I fell to my knees. That's awesome. And I, uh, I've, I've done a lot of cool things in my life. I've, I've earned a lot, right? I've had some really nice awards and nice plaques, but nothing can substitute for that. Yeah. I literally saved my marriage and I saved it because I had a desire to save myself. And it was good, man. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So not much better than that. Not, not I'm not going to say we're on easy street, you know, relationships <laughs> still take time. Sure. And we've got a lot of stuff to still kink out, even though it's, you know, four years later, but we're together. And uh, she supports everything that we're doing and I support everything that she does. And that's one part of my life that's really a light. And so don't ever give up, you know, on yeah, your marriage. Don't ever give up. Yeah, oh, man, that's definitely heartwarming to hear and, and thankful. I am thankful for you that, that it's worked out. And yeah, I totally understand that you're not on easy street. I don't think any, any good marriage is ever on easy street. If, 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 uh, if it's on easy street, then it may not be that great of marriage. I think great marriages take work and, uh, and being aware of those kinks in the road that you mentioned, that's, uh, that's important, but I am certainly not a marriage counselor. So I'll, I'll stop talking about that. There. Roger that. No, but you, 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 you're exactly right. If your marriage is on easy street, chances are there's something lurking that yeah. you looked at. Yeah, so. absolutely. So yeah. I know when we when I came on your show, we discussed mindfulness uh, quite a bit, and you have you have confessed to be a, a pretty avid mindfulness practitioner yourself. 
Um, did that start as part of the kind of the CBT, CBD era in, in, in that same time? Or was that something that you were doing before as part of the yoga? Um, how did you find mindfulness and what does your practice look like? Thanks for the question. And thanks for letting me share. You know, I, you know, it's, it feels good to tear up, you know, feels, yeah. real, feels human. I, uh, I, I read some books back in high school by Carlos Castaneda. They were the Journey to Ixland books and, you know, Don Juan and yeah. Yaki, you know, uh, these shamans and all this. And, 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 and as strange as it sounds, I, I related to that, you know, and I think it had to do with my personal trauma of being sexually assaulted. But, you know, I got into movies like El Cid and I, and I, and I got to confess, I really loved the movie, the original one with Olivia Hussey in it. Uh, I don't think I know Juliet. Yeah. You know that, I mean, you know, I always felt tied to my emotions somehow. Yeah. And so I was always reading, I, I'm an insatiable reader. I read a lot. I think I've read three or 400 books in the last decade. Nice. And so thank you. You know, in fact, I'm reading one right now called the Tibetan book of the dead. Cool. Um, and so this is a pretty thick book. I usually don't read 500 page books, but I, I started to really, you know, what makes the human organism tick? You know, yoga, I didn't really realize how spiritual yoga was. So I started to study more about, uh, you know, meditation and what that all means and, you know, energy states and vibrational states and, and realizing that we all go through these human emotions. Uh, and, and, People, ah, that stuff doesn't work. You can't possibly be in nirvana all the time. Well, you can if you're mindful about it. You know, how you react to certain stimuli. You know, take a Navy SEAL, for instance, and you know this, you and your buddies, right? Do you think that the mind had anything to do with getting the trident put on your chest? Do you think the mind was any part of that? I think it was a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. Like so, 95% of it. <laughs> so everything we do in our lives, anything we do, any stimulus that comes our way, how mindful we are is going to determine our success. Yeah. So if you're angry about racism and you go out and you, you get more violent, How's that going to help racism? It's only going to further propagate the negative aspect of racism. And we're just bringing this up for today's yeah. experiment, you know, today's conversation. So mindfulness to me, and you know this because you've been studying it forever and you've been mindful before you even knew you were mindful, you know, it's everything. You are, you are the creator of your universe. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's real. We people have called this the law, the law of attraction, you know, karma. You get what you get. What I've learned in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and I'm only through like a couple hundred pages. I'm not, you know, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a pretty interesting book. Is that we are on a journey in life. Every single one of us is on a journey, and we transect each other constantly. Humans are interacting. Sure, but my journey is not the same as yours, John. It is now because we're communicating like this. Right. Where you go at the rest of the day and where I go, that the journeys have split. Sure. So where our journeys converge is a point in time 
where we can be a benefit to each other or we can be not a benefit to each other. That's a choice that we make. This is a story that veterans are talking about. You know, this is, this is, this is your mission on veterans path. This is, it's a choice. Mindfulness is a choice. Choose to be mindful and you can change not only your world, but the world around you. Amen. And if you don't think it's real, try it. Yeah. You just might like it. What, is, what, what was that movie, man? Say, uh, who was the guy, Gump, Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump. When he's yeah. sitting on the bench, the park bench, and he's got like this box of chocolates, right? Yeah, yeah. Life is like <laughs> a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> taking it real slow, and he's got that draw, you know, and he's chewing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. So if you open up a rotten piece of chocolate, throw it away and get another piece. I used yeah. to say this, you know, about playing poker. There's three ways to play poker. You can play with the hand you've been dealt. That can sometimes be very depressing. You can ask for more cards, which I think is the alternative. Best way to ask is to ask for more. Give me something different. Yeah. Or you can just fold. And we know what the folding is all about. Right. So life is poker. It's the greatest game of poker. You keep asking for more cards and you keep improving your hand. You're going to be a winner. You're going to cash out at the end of all this and you're going to move into something greater. You yeah. fold them. It's a dead end. Stick yeah. with what you got and make no improvements. No wonder you're going to lose. We want to win. And winning doesn't necessarily mean that you got to do it greater or better than anybody else. It just means you have to do it in a way that floats your own boat. Right. Without impinging on the rights of others. True. And that's, uh, yeah, that's very applicable to what it is we're experiencing in this day and age with uh, the racial injustice that we've seen and and the protests that have come with that. Uh, so uh, very appropriate analogy there. And, and also um, the fact that we don't want to impinge on others, others' rights and privileges. So um, after your accident, you, you, get, you get in that slump, you end up finding CBD and CBT, mindfulness, kind of turn things around. For the following November, you get this note from your wife. What happened then um, for you? And how did you end up on the entrepreneurial route that you've been on and the, uh, the green zone and everything else? Can you talk to us about how that came to be? Yes, sure. You know, I had to do something. You know, we all, may, we all have to give back. And uh, uh, a group of us got together, some friends, business associates, and I, you know, we wanted to do something uh, different from everybody else. Now, business directories, there's a bunch of them out there. But what we wanted to do was uh, we wanted to create an online business service, B2B business, and recognize companies uh, in America and other free countries uh, that, that, that recognize and support freedom. And, and we, and then, well, how do you do that? Well, if you appreciate our veterans, if you appreciate active duty personnel, if you appreciate their families, you know, how did, how do people know about that? And a lot of people would say, well, word of mouth or 
oh, it's embedded on a website somewhere that nobody sees. Yeah. And so we created a website directory. The Green Zone Hero is the business or the organization or the individual uh, that's, a, that's a member. You know, Green Zone is a relatively safe place in a combat zone. Yeah. A Green Zone Hero is a business organization that veterans and military can feel safe going to because they know that their core value sets by publicly supporting freedom uh, is usually in the hearts and minds of most veterans that I know and uh, people that have raised the right hand. Uh, they understand sacrifice and duty and uh, mission. And uh, so, we, so we give tools to people uh, and businesses to make their game a little bit better, more exposure. Um, we've had some really heavy hitters support what we're doing, like Harley Davidson motorcycles and Boris Head nice. Divisions. And, you know, we've had some great success. And we've also had uh, some hiccups along the way. That's what happens. And then so what we did with Straight Out of Combat Radio was, you know, the, the veterans were getting the, a bad rap, you know, something would happen in the first question, you know, in, in a community, you know, dangerous, somebody gets shot and was he a veteran? Yeah. You know, it seemed like yeah. this, this stereotypical viewpoint of a veteran was negative. And so we wanted to interview veterans and me not being a combat veteran gave me kind of an advantage because I didn't have to compare notes. You know, I could speak the same language, but I could allow the veterans who we interview the opportunity to really tell their story. Yeah. And, and that is to diminish the negative stereotypes. So we started that and it's gone pretty well, you know, uh, interviewed General Flynn and Ron DeSantis and you and, and every single story that we tell is another piece to that positive puzzle for veterans. Nice. So thank you for being on that. And, and then, you know, I'm busy, man, but Task Force Zen hasn't been as has as consistent. We're putting out one one uh, pod cast a month but task force then is to interview people that actually holistically heal people nice. and what and what their message is and and to heal without labels to not label us as you know this or that or you've got this issue or that issue which automatically puts you in a box you know we're in the mm -hmm. human box. fractals the poetry book it's on the shelf back yeah here. i see it that, right there the, fractals poetry was a um, a poetic journey for acceptance i think it was in some bio somewhere but it's on the cover and you know i've been i've got over five thousand poems and poetry to me was it was an escape or a methodology for me to deal with weird feelings and feelings in general and so that was just an, an opportunity for people to realize that they're not alone and that no matter what you're doing you do have an opportunity to turn it around and it went bestseller, you know, um, nice. of course, Amazon bestseller, but I still was in competition with thousands of other books and it went international bestseller in poetry, which was really cool. So that's cool. available. And then uh, the What's Your Apocalypse speaker presentation series that I'm working on. This is kind of an interesting thing, but I really want to, through what I call trauma drama, I dress up like a post-apocalyptic soldier. You know, like something you would see in a movie. And I yeah. have my, my weapon with me. And but as I start to remove articles of my post-apocalyptic state, the weapon could be drinking. Uh, you know, the face mask might be uh, gambling. I strip down to this one piece bodysuit of the human body. And it shows me naked in my humanity. And if we unzip our skins of this post-apocalyptic state, we're all the same. Then I get dressed in street clothes. You know, this could be yoga. My shoes might be, a, you know, a support network. 
CBDs might be my pants. And so the vision is, is that everybody that's out there is going through something. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to help the human network. If people like you and me who have been through traumatic events can turn those around and be examples to others in a positive way. You know, I could very easily be really, really negative. It's easier to be negative than it is sure. to, to be positive. And we see so much negativity these days. Shows like yours, John, are so badly needed, man. You have no idea the hearts. You know, you probably do, but the hearts and the minds and the people that a show like this can help. And, and so anytime we have an opportunity to do that, it's imperative to us as leaders, apocalyptic soldiers, if you will, to, to tell our personal stories. Yeah. Because I can assure you, if somebody's listening to your show or watching us and they're in that bad place, I can assure you, listener, male or female, that guys and gals have been there before. You are not alone. We feel your pain and we hear it. And just, you know, let it out. You're right. entitled to do that. There are people that will help you. I love that post-apocalyptic soldier kind of vision there as, you know, you're, you're wearing that armor or that mask uh, that you carry around and you're trying to protect yourself from something, whether it's you're wearing that mask so you're protecting yourself from somebody seeing you, you're wearing that body armor or that outfit to protect somebody from hitting you with, you know, a painful blow, whether that's literal or figurative. Um, and then, and then taking that off and making yourself vulnerable, but then really seeing who you truly are underneath it. That's, that's beautiful, man. Uh, um, so are you doing that as, what is that a part of a, a show that you're doing that? Sorry. I well, mean, you can, I, that, that was just an awesome piece well, that thank you were you. talking about. Yeah, you can go to whatsyourapocalypse.com. You can find a little bit about it. But I've been yeah. working with a really nice person that I've known here for a few years now. You know, she's helped me through some of my branding. And uh, it's just an idea that came to me. And what I'd like to do, what the image would be, is to have maybe six apocalyptic soldiers with their own story to tell. Yeah. And we take it on the road. And we go and we do trauma dramas in different locations to help people through their through their rough times you know yeah. can you imagine like a, a female speaker all dressed up like a like a you know like a badass rock and roller you know this yeah. is how i lived my life and and so it, it's it, it's in i just finished a speaker packet you know and i've been working with a coach out of toronto to get my to get uh, you know uh, the presentation down in a way that's intriguing uh and i've learned a lot along the way you know that you know i've these skill sets that came from somewhere that I'm trying to hone to make the world a better place. Uh, but I would love to do trauma dramas and, and do something really cool for those people out here, out there who are suffering. Yeah, definitely. You know, all of us with our stomach, imagine we've got Jason Redman, you know, he's a Navy SEAL guy. And yeah, imagine if he did something and if we were able to get these people and get on the bus, the trauma drama bus where the apocalypse, Apocalyptic soldiers coming to your town. We're coming to help you. Yeah, I like that. Hey, I'm uh, I'm gonna be on an RE tour here in the next few months. Maybe uh maybe we can incorporate that into the tour or something. Hey, listen, man. I am a team player. I um, 
you can fit me in a team anywhere you want. And, and, and I'm always open to criticism and I'm always open to help. So, you know, somebody helping me along the way myself, I'm not yeah. there yet, but yeah, man, you never know, you know, <laughs> bring the post-apocalyptic soldiers along with you. We're yeah. there to serve. There you go. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. So what's, uh, what's next for you then after, so you've got green zone, you've got, uh, your, your podcast straight out of combat. Um, you've got, the what's your apocalypse now? You've got the fractal book. I mean, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. What's, what's next for John Grotech? <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to continue to network because I think there's still awesome people out there that I'd like to meet and who I can learn from. Uh, but what's next is we're working on a brand new website for green zone to make it more user-friendly. We're going to lower the price so more people can come on board. We're going to make it a monthly subscription. Uh, we're going to continue to tell our combat veteran stories. Uh, that's not going away. Uh, I'm going to probably take a 45-day downtime here to restructure some of the things that we're doing. And we're just going to continue on. I, I, I mentioned I have thousands of poems. I'm probably going to do a fractals edition too. Um, and then I just, I'm out there. You know, I'm still on mission. You know, I, I've, I've hung up, you know, the army suit that I wore and uh, I, I'm just still on mission to help uh, and wherever I can help. I'm trying to build the LinkedIn platform a little bit better. And we also started another project gosh, called the AHO Radio Network. And I'm working with a co-host. His name is Bill Protzman, who does music healing, uh, music therapy, you know, healing with music. And we're doing a thing called uh, uh, the Poetry Corner where I share one of my poems and we talk about it for 15 minutes on YouTube. And then he shares a song and we talk about like the lyrics of the song. And then we also interview people who are making differences in the world. We're calling them authentic human outliers, Aho radio and Aho, like it. it's a Hawaiian term, which means hello and goodbye at the same time, but it's, but it's a friendly term. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing the Aho radio network on YouTube. We just interviewed, uh, the girl, Rhonda Harper, who started uh, Black Surfer Girls. Uh, she did a global paddle out uh, in 100 locations around the world to bring uh, light to the George Floyd incident. Yeah. And, to, and rather than do something mean or devastating, to do this paddle out. So we, and we've interviewed some really cool people so far, the six or seven times we've had an episode. Nice. Um, so that's another project. I'm just, I stay busy. And, yeah, you um, do just it's 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 a lot of fun i want to come back to the the fractals book um and the poetry did you say you have over five thousand poems oh i yeah i write wow. all the time that, yeah. that's my healing methodology yeah how did that start just started creative writing back in the third grade after that incident it was kind of funny we'd have like school recess and i went into my head and started making up stories and you know the kids would all want me, my classmates would all want me to sit at the front and tell stories. And so I would tell ghost stories and horror stories and character stories. And then I, I just lost myself in books. I read biographies of American presidents and generals. And I started to really just read more nonfiction. And I read all the classics too, you know, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Dracula and the Deerslayer. I just, you know, I just, I create, you know, humans are creative people, creative beings. And, and, you know, I just always felt like I just, I went into myself and just learned as much as I could learn. Yeah. And then I stuffed all that. And then when I had the head injury, it all came out. 
and I was finally able to deal with those. But writing was a creative process, and it still is. You know, since this whole thing with these riots have been going on, I've written probably 200 poems. Wow. Uh, about just my own personal aspects. Uh, you know, I could share one if you wanted me to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then, of course, we're not talking politics here, but I, I'll just share one that I wrote a little while ago, this morning, as a matter of fact. Um, and, and poetry is a way for me to just come to grips with, you know, a lot of the stuff that's still going on. But I'll get this off my phone and I'll, I'll, share, I'll share this. This one is, uh, I wrote this an hour ago. It's called The Enigma of Reverse Racism. I simply cannot, I will not, I won't enter a guilty plea. I am not guilty of your angry racist accusations. You rant, you spew violence and wrath, leaving more death and destruction along your inglorious unholy path. You seem to be the one defiantly confused, hateful and mad. Blood drips from your talons. My skin is God-given. To apologize for my color is to mock the Almighty himself. I'm sorry, you don't have that power. Amen. You know, it just evokes provocative thought. Yeah. Poetry evokes, I, I, you know, thoughts and feelings come and I, and I try to write poetry. It's not like the rhymey, it's got rhyme, but it's a little bit complex, but it's more feelings, you know, the enigma of reverse racism. For us to apologize for who we are doesn't make sense to me. I think there's a bigger issue here at stake. I think that we need to apologize for what humanity's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I, I agree there. And, and quite honestly, your poem could almost be read from both sides, right? I yes. Mean, you could, like, none of us should be apologizing for the God given color. And I, again, this, that's not necessarily the, the point of the show, but um, right, uh, right, just, right. To, just to talk about your poem there for a second and what's going on, it's hard not to talk about what's going on, right? But I think um, apologizing for our color is wrong. Apologizing for, like you said there, what we've done, what the uh, certain uh, members of our race have done towards certain members of other races, if that is something worthy of apology, um, but not, not just the virtue of our color, uh, but, yeah, that's uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I've got nicer poems. I got, I, I not nicer. I got, I got poems too about love and romance yeah. and those kinds of things. But I, you know, lately I've been feeling, um, you know, just it's nice to provoke thought. And and well, I guess the point with the poem is to invoke intellectual honesty. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I feel is what we're missing right now in all of this, is is really looking at what's really taking place and trying to intellectualize it and be honest about it. Yeah. Um, some of the things, and you know this, John, leadership is the core of all of this. We as leaders in our respective communities need to certainly speak out 
up against social injustice. Nobody right. likes brutality. No, no, not at all. But to create more chaos and mayhem, I know it's not the point of the show. And of course, you know what they say about opinions or thoughts, <laughs> you know, to, to, to create more negativity from something that's already negativity just doesn't make sense to me. Reach down and grab them and be a human leader and, and, and do something positive for mother nature. Just saying. Or I don't want to get so heavy, you know. Or, or for your fellow human being, right? Right. And, That's um, exactly it. Yeah. Um, Ibram Kendi, uh, Ibram X. Kendi, he, he's been quoted quite often recently as, as saying, you're, you're either racist or you're anti-racist. You can't be not racist. So you have to take an active role as being an anti-racist to, to really be not racist. And I think that's where um, a, lot of, a lot of us are making uh, the, the assumption that by quote unquote being not racist, that that's enough. Um, and it is by no means enough. And um, Rhonda McGee came on my show a couple of weeks back, uh, mindfulness expert, uh, lawyer, and, and uh, racial injustice um, specialist or expert. Um, she talks about how mindfulness can actually be used to help with racial injustice. And it was perfectly timed. So it was right before the, the George Floyd killing and, and everything that we've seen in the past few weeks. But the, the mindfulness, how that can actually help to develop compassion and empathy for your fellow man, which is actually right where you started, compassion for yourself, right? And understanding for yourself. And then you can have that compassion and empathy for, for your fellow man uh, that regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of, regardless of uh, sexual orientation. Um, it's a pretty powerful read. And I think uh, going back to Ibram Kendi, I think he's, he's right in that we, we are not doing enough if we're not take, taking an active role to be anti-racist. Um, Sorry, uh, I know we got sidetracked no, there. No, 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 you're making me think. I'm trying to, you know, yeah. Mindfulness certainly certainly can help. There's no doubt. I mean, mindfulness is like in everything that we do, isn't it? I mean, the yeah. more mindful we become, the more conscious we become. Right. When we, right. When we, when we, and that's simplistic at best, uh, but the more subconscious we are, the more, more not in touch we are. And isn't that isn't it our mission to be human and to be real and to be authentic? Like yeah. with the, the human outliers, you know, you're an outlier. We need to put you on Aho Radio, by the way. That'd be because great. it's it's important to the network. You know, we're we're only trying to find authenticity. And you have to speak out, you have to provoke thought. Uh, you know, also this law of attraction, and I think mindfulness hits upon it. I think you are what you think you are. Yeah. And, and you will attract the way you act. So if you become, I agree with your, the people that you've had on, you, you can't just say, I'm not a racist. You have to actually go out there and do something about it. You have right. to, you have to provoke some kind type of conscious thought for others. Um, is it our job? I think it is. I think it, 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 it's our commission. It's the gauntlet that the creator of the universe 
this omnipotent power, which does exist. Some people may deny that and it's, and it's okay. They have that opportunity to deny that. But I would like to think that there's something greater than John Crotech out there. Yeah. Because if it's John Crotech's world, it's, it's not going to be the best place in the world because <laughs> I still have my troubles, you know, but if we're all working together under the common bond of our humanity, then, then John Crotech's world can be pretty cool because he's meeting other authentic humans that want to make the place much better yeah. for all of us. Right. Um, right. I was just trying to see uh, if I had anyhow. Life's good. I, we, yeah. we, we'll have time to share. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still writing. We're still doing all these great projects and we're, we're, we're humbled to be here, John, for sure. And, um, Let's link up, man. When are you going to be yeah. in Florida? <laughs> We're actually going to be in Florida at the beginning of uh, beginning of next month. We're, uh, that's our first stop. We're stopping in, um, let's see, Jacksonville, um, let's see, DeLand, New Smyrna, and then uh, up from there to Tallahassee and uh, then up to then up to Louisiana where my family lives. But Florida's our awesome. first stop. You're probably going to be, you know, you're, if you're heading to Tallahassee, that's my alma mater. I went to FSU. I'm a that's right. Bob yeah. John guy. And, um, yeah, let's see. You know, I know that how schedules go, but if you're in the area, you know, if you're going to head up to Tallahassee from New Smyrna Beach, I think you're probably going to go – you might go right by us. I don't know how you're going to go back up 95 or whatnot. But yeah, I think, cut across I think 95 state. to 10, right? Okay, I yeah. Think, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, but I'm always, I'm a road trip guy. So, you know, it doesn't matter. I can get in my Jeep and just go right on. Right on. Well, Hey, John, this is uh this has been a lot of fun having you on the show, man. Uh, if, if people wanted to find out more about the varied list of things that you have going on there, what's the best way for them to get a, a hold of you or find out more about those, those different projects. Sure. I can share my cell phone number 941-400-7333. Nine four one four zero zero seven three three three. I will get back to you if you leave a message. I uh, try to do as best I can. And but you can also go to greenzonehero.com. Keep in mind we're going to have a new website soon. So that's greenzonehero.com. You can see me on Facebook. You know I'm 61 year old guy. You know so Twitter I'm still learning and but, you know I'm on Twitter, <laughs> me I'm too, on man. Instagram, but, but I'm still learning all that. <laughs> me <know>? too. <laughs> I need somebody in my net to come do that for me, but. And then uh, you can go to whatsyourapocalypse.com. I want to check um, that one out right, right when we hang up here. And then there's a link. You can buy the book. There. You can go to Amazon if you're interested in fractals, if you're interested in, in, in looking at, you know, my poetry. And, you know, maybe you know somebody that's hurt and that might be able to benefit from it. But, you know, I yeah. appreciate you buying my book, you know. And if you can, leave a comment. You know, right it, it means a lot. Uh, I've had a real hard time promoting myself personally. It's, it's taken me a long time to get here. Uh, but... You know, this is all new for me. I like to sure. work behind the scenes. Give me the mission. Tell me what needs to be done. I'll find the players to, to make it happen. And now I'm, I'm meeting guys like you, John, and, and just some fantastic human beings. And I'm just very blessed to be here. So I'm around. You can find me. Well, we're, we're blessed to have had you on the show, John. And I'm very, uh, I'm pretty sure Barry Zorestein is who hooked us up originally. So I'm thankful to him. He's also Absolutely. been on the show. I think he's been on your show too, uh, but thankful for what it is you're doing with everything that you've got going on. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for being so open and vulnerable with your stories. Uh, 
I'm sure we'll we'll talk again down the road. Um, if if it's not in in uh, person, you know, in a couple of weeks in Florida, it'll be down the road at some point. Uh, but yeah, I'll thanks very forward, much yeah. for yeah, awesome, John. Well, until we speak again, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. All Godspeed, right. brother. Thank you. For our listeners, thanks for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. And remember, listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.